it's another episode of Great News. I'm Kevin Ryder, and this is Mike Catherwood, and uh, we bring you stories that actually restore your faith in humanity, because that it's stuff true. still happens a lot. It just gets no focus. Yeah, we the, humanity is great, but the news won't tell you that. That's why we are stepping up as responsible adults to bring you the new show you need. Because we are responsible adults. This uh, is going to be yes. a long show, my friend. Yes, if you were to pick one adjective to describe us as a couple it's responsible <laughs> it is it's responsible and mature also <laughs> would apply all right let's have the intro mike <clears throat> intro the show's about to begin bro say hello to the happy goodbye to the blues kevin and mike are here to give you great news i would like to start by remembering bob saget yeah, who was a was a friend of mine, which is odd to say because Bob Saget is like a worldwide celebrity, and I'm me, and doesn't he understand that? You know what I mean? Like it just makes no sense. But we did become friends, and um, I was very disappointed with the way I talked about him on the radio because he was such an important, um, caring, kind human being that what I said was. Um, I just felt like it didn't do him justice. And what I say here isn't going to do him justice either. But I just want to go in depth just a little bit into the relationship with Bob Saget because it started out with him trying to have lunch with me. And I thought that meant, you know, hey, it'd be great to have lunch, but we both have busy schedules. It'll never happen. So we didn't get together. And then he texted me again. And the next time he came in, he's like, why won't you have lunch with me? And I was like, ha ha. And then he gave me his phone number again. So then the third time I texted him thinking, we're not going to have lunch, but I'll have some ammo next time he comes at me. He'll say, why aren't we having lunch? And I go, I texted you, mother effer. Right. But um, he texted me right back and said, when and where? And we met and we had lunch and we talked about things and our personal lives. And this is a guy who, I don't know if you saw the uh, Instagram from Pete Davidson about Bob Hope. Bob Hope. Bob Saget. About Bob Saget. <laughs> Very different people. Um, but Pete Davidson said in an Instagram post that Bob literally talked him through some of the most dangerous um, mental issues that he was having. That when he was having mental issues, Bob was the guy who was there to help guide him through. And that's the exact same experience that I had with him, which is, which I've never told before because it was always private, but I had two different people come to me with issues that I didn't know how to solve. I, I didn't know what advice to give. I didn't know who to turn to. And Bob Saget's an actor. He's not a doctor. He's not somebody who, he's not a therapist. He doesn't deal with this on a full-time basis, but he's the kind of guy who would call me and say, okay, what can I do? And I would give him someone else's phone number and Bob would freaking call someone else, Bob Saget, and would just talk to them and say, hey, you know, what's going on? Kevin told me that you're having this issue and it would be, and he would talk to them not for five minutes to do me a favor. He would talk to them for 45 minutes. Right. Because he lit, because he cared about every single person. He did that twice for me, where I would say, I don't know what to do. Here's a person. If you could call him, I know it's a ridiculous thing to ask Bob Saget, but if you could call him, that would be really cool. And Bob Saget would call, stay on the phone. 
he would follow up. Hey, how's such and such by name? How are they doing? You know, I talked to him two weeks ago. Have you gotten any response from them? And then if we hadn't talked for a while, he would just text and say, hey, I miss catching up with you. What's going on? And the whole time I kept thinking, doesn't he know that he's Bob Saget? And I think the beauty of Bob Saget is that he didn't know he was Bob Saget. I mean, obviously, it was clear that he's this superstar TV comedian because everybody recognizes him everywhere he goes. But he never, ever acted like that. He acted like he was. I would trust Bob before I would trust Mike. And I've known Mike for a long time. But Mike's bad news. But I would. But but. Just the idea that I could talk to Bob Saget on the phone any time of the day or night, he would take my call and we would talk for 45 minutes to an hour and a half sometimes. And he genuinely cared and was kind. And if I was having a problem, he would call back the next day and say, how's it going? Are you okay? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? And it's like, those are, that's best friend stuff that most time you don't get out of your best friend. That but they especially, don't... especially straight men. Right, right. You know, that's just speaking, not how we Speaking operate. of which, he told me he loved me mm-hmm. over a hundred times. He would always say, you know, I love you. I love you. You're, I love you. And I'm glad to spend time with you. And that was so like humbling and this is a person who only has love in his heart like that's all that's there and if he hated someone you didn't know about it he never talked negatively about anybody but he just was overwhelmingly loving and kind and made it huge difference in my life to the point that i was i had a really difficult time um, when he passed, because he was a real friend, not an acquaintance or a good friend. He was a real friend and a caring and, and loving and kind human being. And that is a perfect example of great news. Somebody who walks through life, you've seen all of the stories, people talking about him, how much impact he had on so many different people. Jimmy Kimmel did a thing on it. Like I said, Pete Davidson did. And every single person that talked about him talked about how sweet and how loving and how caring he was. And that I don't think ever came across in his comedy or on TV, but behind the scenes, he was one of my best friends. Yeah. Which is, it feels odd to say, but he was because not because of who I am, because of who he was. That's who Bob Saget was. Right. So Mike put together a little uh, tribute to Bob Saget that we'd like to play for you now. But I just want to say uh, I love the man and he is one of the best people I've ever known. And RIP Bob Saget. And uh, before before we play it, I just want to point out that there's an intro here because this was actually inserted in front of our last episode of Great News, which was a rerun of the episode we did with Bob um, about a year ago. So oh, here you go. Hi, everybody. It's Mike Catherwood, and I wish I was coming to you with better circumstances, but I'm coming to you to say that, you know, most of you know we lost Bob Saget, and Bob was a tremendous human being. He really was one of the nicest guys, and you hear 
tons of celebrities and comics that are saying the same thing because he genuinely was such a great guy who loved life and he was so personable and engaging and he just really was a positive uh, force to be around. And Kevin and I both were lucky enough to have a relationship with Bob. Kevin much, much closer with him than I was. Um, I had a mostly professional relationship with him, but he and I always got along. And I just genuinely loved when I had the chance to be around Bob Saget. But Kevin actually had a, had a real tight friendship with him outside of um, the professional world. They had a personal relationship. So um, everyone's taking this hard. Uh, and Kevin is understandably taking this uh, pretty hard. Um, well, we did a, a episode of Great News with Bob as the guest uh, a little over a year ago. And so we thought for today's episode, we would replace the new one with a, a rerun of that episode with a little piece about Bob in the front. And uh, he was a great guy. Rest in peace. Thanks. You are now about to witness the strength of Bob said. I just got divorced. Ex-wife got the house in the Palisades. No biggie. I got four other houses. I don't give a shit. And here I get to say words like, like ass, wiener, and nipples. How do you know if you're a bonehead, you might ask? Well, you're watching this show, aren't you? My gift is my problem, which is I have no filter. I have no sensor whatsoever. And I know this is going to be a hit show because I'm on it. Who do you think's more recognizable, you or me? Seriously. From this position, she could kiss your neck, caress your gallant chest while you run your fingers through her raven hair. Am I the raddest, baddest dad a kid ever had? You took me from zero to 90. No, you took me from <laughs> zero, zero to 60. 60. Hey, I'm going to hiccup a while. Don't so, make fun of it. How about you come and move in with us and help me raise my daughters? I was concerned because it's, it's hard to make fun of my friends and the people I love, but luckily none of them are here. I can open up a whole new world for you. On that note of love and respect, you keep those cameras safely rolling. Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. Nice. R.I.P. Bob. R.I.P. Go. Man. <laughs> and we'll move on so, you know, we can cheer up a little bit. But I, what Kevin said is all totally true. And it's just I saw it from a different perspective because, you know, for a long time on the Kevin and Bean show, I was I was less than an ancillary member. You know, I, I, I was the, uh, the assistant to the assistant to the assistant, just kind of doing medial tasks to Listen, make sure that the Mike show was keep- the janitor. <laughs> I mean, I was making, I was editing tape and, you know, making sure that the show ran, running the board while Kevin and Bean and Ralph and Lisa did the, the thing. And um, because of that, most people would come into the studio and, you know, they may say hi, but they're not going to take the time to talk to anyone else besides, you know, Kevin, Ralph or Bean. And Bob, every single time, no matter what point it was in the, in the show uh, or my career at the show, would he would come around and literally talk to me and 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 be so sincerely interested in what's going on with my life and and well, what do you got what are you working on oh run some ideas by me and he was he gave me his number he was that guy like Kevin said he was that guy he just there was not a, a piece of Bob Saget that wasn't compassionate and caring all the time and it's um it's a real it's a real real loss to the world so all right Kevin all right, cheer cheer us up. Okay. Um, my first story, I have to remember what it is. Oh, yes. Okay. This one's good. <laughs> Another tearjerker, though. So sorry. Uh, oh, great. So there's a there's a classroom. Looks to be about, I would say, I don't know, fourth graders, fifth maybe fifth graders. 
and they get the, the teacher and the principal come in and they say, the school mascot, the tiger, is going to come by and visit you guys. Well, turns out the mascot does come by and visit, <laughs> but there's also a hidden surprise. Oh, please watch. Brooke, we got a little cool surprise for you right now. You want to know what it is? Yeah. All right, what is it? All right, so Boomer, why don't you help us out with a surprise? Oh. You know what? But then this is Bobcat Miley. The class was told they were set to receive a surprise visit from the school mascot, the uh, Boomer the Bobcat. Sorry, I said it's a tiger. So here comes Boomer. All right, Boomer, come on up here, Boomer. All right, Boomer, get your hands. You can walk over here. Make sure Boomer knows where Boomer's going. Everybody say hi, Boomer. Hi, Boomer. So there's a there's a hidden agenda with this visit. Boomer comes up to help the kids pick a prize, and Brooke, young Brooke, standing with Boomer. Seems like he's cheating. The girl's ready to get back to her seat after picking the prize out of a little prize box. Hold on, hold on, Brooke. Don't go anywhere. Boomer takes off her mascot head, and it's Brooke's mom. This is Brooke's mom. And this is extra special. He was stationed overseas. She's a chief warrant officer with the U.S. Army. And uh, she'd been deployed for the past four months, and Brooke had no idea she was back in the country, let alone underneath that mascot head. So you could just see how overwhelmed the little girl is to see her mom. She was incredibly disappointed that her mom wouldn't be able to make it to a special 9-11 ceremony um, that they were going to hold later that day. And here she is surprising her. Students brought outside, asked to gather around the school's bulldog mascot. How many mascots do they have? <laughs> they were told the bulldog was looking to show their appreciation for some students who have performed well that academic year. Kaylee is the first one to be called out. And after receiving a high five from the mascot, the bulldog starts to perform a unique dance. And that's when she recognizes her dad in front of her. Takes off his mask. He had been serving over a year overseas. She just couldn't hold back, breaks down in tears, immediately hugs her father. Petty Officer First Class Brian. I wanted to make it special for Kaylee, a moment in her life she would never forget. So, there you go, man. I thought that was a uh, nice little heart warmer to start us off. Yeah, that's. I could watch those all day, every day. No, those military also. surprises. Also, I may not stop crying for this whole episode, so I apologize for that in advance. I'm okay that with was, that. It, that was it's a great way for us to level the playing fields because you make me cry so much more. <laughs>
All right. My next story is a, a couple that got stranded uh, in the east in one of these crazy, crazy ice storms. Mm -hmm. And um, it was on I-95 in Virginia. And because of the snow and the ice, nobody was able to move. And you would think, all right, listen, they're going to have to get down to one lane. And those of us that live in Southern California and are not used to this and cars will trickle through. No, that was a complete stop for 16 full hours oh where no one could move or go anywhere. That's danger and time. Right, exactly. So there were two people from Maryland who were stuck named Casey Hollihan and her husband, John No. And they were sitting in the car and they were sitting in the car for 16 hours. And you'll hear how she uh, how they spend the night in the car. And then the genius idea that she had to solve one of the huge problems that they wait, were wait, facing, wait, wait. which is hunger. Where is yes. where's Bob? Yes. Bob, no, no, it's Bob. No, John, no. Well, where's John? Yes, <laughs> It's John. No, I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's watch. I'm sorry. No, no worries. It was definitely a very scary situation, and we had no idea how long we would be there for. Casey Houlihan and her husband John from Ellicott City were stuck in the mess on Interstate 95 in Virginia Monday for hours. They were hungry, exhausted, and growing more terrified by the minute. And we went to bed that night in the car because we just couldn't go anywhere. We were exhausted from driving all day and being so stressed. They didn't move for more than 16 hours. Casey says she could hear kids in nearby cars crying. Then she noticed a bakery truck on the highway in front of them and got an idea. All right, hold the video. Hold the video, hold the video. Customer service line. Hold the video, hold the video. Okay, so she notices a bread truck that's right in front of her. Okay. And I don't know who would come up with this idea because I would never think of it in a million years. But she calls the actual company that runs the bread truck their customer service line and she explains to them what's going on and asks them for help and watch what happens of schmidt's bread and I, I i kind of begged them to open the back of the truck just give us a couple loaves of bread so we can share with people around us schmidt baking company is part of h s bakery which has been in baltimore for 70 years the owner called Casey. Truck driver Ron opened the back of the truck, and they all passed out loaves of bread down a two-mile stretch of the icy highway. And we just kept giving it out until we couldn't walk anymore because it was so freezing. It felt incredible just hearing people say thank you and hearing people just so um, relieved to finally have food in their car, food in their system, and their kids' system. It was a really incredible feeling. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy that just that she had that thought, I would sit there and look at the back of a bread truck and probably try and figure out how to break in. But <laughs> I don't think I would ever come up with the idea of calling customer service and asking them to open it. Yeah, that may be true. But you it's surprising how resourceful you get when you're highly motivated. And like if you're starving and were surrounded by people who were potentially starving, you, mm -hmm. you'd be surprised like the stuff you come up with. But the fact that that bakery company didn't even hesitate you know right. they're like yeah you fuck yeah get some bread man you got to save those people um i i sure hope that this is unforeseen really positive pr and marketing for that company man that's yeah what, I do. what do you mean yeah i do too you mean like they set it up they set up the blizzard <laughs> <laughs> we're playing 3d chess buddy <laughs> when there's a big blizzard let's go park out in the middle of it and we can open up our truck and get a lot of press
It's just a cool thing for somebody on the other end to go, let's open the truck, help people. And it, it's it's like you always say, Kevin, about most of these stories. All people need is the idea to mm-hmm. be good and giving. And most it doesn't people have to be have yours. It it could us, be, they it, just have some blockade. You know, It was one person that came up with that idea, and then she started sharing it with all the cars. And other people from the cars would say, we only need this much. And they would give her more to you know distribute. And it was a beautiful story. And it was just the just that kind of thinking to me is miraculous and really a great thing. And that's great news. That's a home run right there. That's awesome. Um, Kevin, I, I sold this one to you before the show. I said, this is the greatest okay. basketball shot ever. There yeah, is better. more acrobatic. There's more kind of difficult shots to be made. But if you're a 12 to 14 year old boy, right. this is so awesome that I can't even begin to put it in words. I will let you watch what I think to be the greatest basketball shot ever, ever made. Oh my gosh, it's so much. We're lighting it on fire. No, go. Boom. Switch. A good, what? A good 10 feet behind the three-point line he hit that from? Yeah, that's that's like a half-court shot. No, go. And a real fireball burning, engulfed in flames, and he just ba-boom switch. That's what I'm talking about. And that right there is just quintessential overgrown man-child. You know what we should do, dude? We should, we yeah. should throw fireballs. They were playing you know Street what? Fighter 2 or some shit like that, and they're like, <laughs> I want to throw a Hadouken. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I have a basketball. <laughs> you didn't see the 24 cuts before where they were like, my hands are now numb, and I've taken... You know that they only took one shot? Well, okay, I don't know. There's no this is, way. This is the thing. That's what makes this one so exceptional to me. It's because like with Dude Perfect and all those guys, we saw the Fantasy Factory where they did with Dude Perfect. They, 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 it's 20 tries, you know, sometimes hundreds yes, yes, to get yes. these amazing shots. They lit that on fire with gasoline. You don't, how many basketballs are you going through? I, I really highly doubt that they, if, if more than one, three's max, right? Before you're like, we're, we can't do the fireball anymore. Well, I don't know. Can't you relight it? The I same don't know ball? why we're asking this. That was an amazing shot. That was amazing. I don't know why I'm trying to, I'm trying to. All I all I claimed was I'm not sure trust why. me, it's great news. Yes, agreed. Agreed. That's an amazing shot. Um, here's a story out of New Hampshire about a dog. And as you know, Mike and I are huge dog fans. Cats can suck it, but dogs are the best. And um this particular one, his owner, it's a type of German shepherd, his owner ran into a guardrail and flipped off of the road down below where people wouldn't be able to see him. And, and ended up upside down. The dog was in the car. So the dog gets out and wanders back up on the freeway. And somebody um, makes a call that there's a, there's a dog on the freeway. And they call the police. The police send somebody out to try and get the dog off of the freeway. And every t- look at that dog. And every single time they tried to corral the dog and get him into a car so they could get him to safety, the dog would turn around and just start walking and try to lead them back to the owners and eventually succeeded. Check out, I think it's Tizzy or Tiddly. 
I don't remember his name, but check this out. Tinsley is a year-old Shiloh Shepherd. Late Monday night, she was seen running on the Memorial Bridge on Interstate 89 from Lebanon to White River Junction. Police tried to corral her, but she kept running away, leading them north before stopping near these damaged guardrails. Almost alerting them to uh, what was off the roadway, which they discovered a, a truck which had been overturned with uh, two gentlemen that were ejected from the vehicle. Cam Laundry was behind the wheel of the overturned Ford truck. She's my little guardian angel, you know, she's just, it's just, it's, it's a miracle, you know, how she has that kind of intelligence and do what she did. Hartford EMTs credit the speed of their response to Tinsley. The whole time when we were starting our patient care, it sat there nice and calm right next to its owner. At that time there was um, some hypothermia had set in it's unclear how long they were they were out of the vehicle for. The dog uh, also was wet, so you could tell that it had been outside for a little bit. Responders could see that Laundry and his passenger were injured. We shook him up, didn't know what was happening, and next thing you know, the cops were there, and it was all because of her. The two men were taken to Dartmouth Hitchcock Medical Center to be treated. After Laundry was released, he went home to spend time with his guardian angel. Of course, you know, she never leaves my side, you know, so that we're always together, you know, in that truck that got wrecked, and she's always my co-pilot, and she's always with me. So how will the grateful human reward Tinsley? She gets spoiled all the time. She'll get some venison, probably burger tonight, and maybe some back straps with it. She seems to be taking it all in stride, and is as playful as ever, running around the yard. I love, first of all, I love this reporter because he's really, really underselling it. He's really like, and then she went up on the road and she called police. Now look at her. She's running around the yard. Oh, we only have a shot of her walking. Don't care. Put it in. I don't care. And B, who is hacky sacking while that guy is upside down in the truck? That's a real concern. A, a, a stinky hippie. Right. Yes. Like just that doesn't F deserve you. that dog in any way. <laughs> Who's watching the Grateful Dead during that accident? I mean, this is important. Hey, man, uh, I did my double tuck kick super kick, man. Check it out. <laughs> She's always Bongos. with me. I wanted to take I wanted to take that dog away from him because look at him. Come on. That's, uh, that's a, we don't, and by the way, a, no cat ever did that. Ever. No, agreed. No, a cat would stomp on your face and make sure you were dead. Eat you. Because cats suck. Um and that's, that's great a great news. story. That's a great story. How about that? And uh, not all dogs created equal. I mean, you and I are both. Oh no, agree. Dog, pe but like my little dogs, they would just fucking be. Right. They'd be like, "Who's got food? Who's got some beef?" You know, I'd be down there dying. <laughs> well, that the difference here is that this dog loved its owner. How? How? That's the difference, I think, How? between this dog and your dog. <laughs> and that guy is a hippie that plays now listen. Sack. Dogs probably just did a large bong rip just before doing that. Interview. Oh, like like one of those like be real six footers. <laughs> he used his yeah. he used his Jeez. Volkswagen bus or whatever the fuck she, he was driving as a bong. <laughs> it was upside down, by the way. She um she's always my co pilot, and she goes with me everywhere I go. When I smoke weed, she smokes weed. I almost died and everything, but hey, hacky <laughs> sack, <laughs> shithead. But great dog, but yeah. an amazing dog. Great dog. Um, <laughs> we've we've touched on all the like major tenets of a great news episode here. We had the the military happy family kind of 
stuff. You know, anything involving the military is always a great thing. Uh, a personal story of compassion and love. A dog. Right. A ridiculous stunt. I'm afraid of what's missing. I'm the the one thing to to bring it on home, Kevin. Can I guess? Super super cute, loving children. Oh, okay, good, good. That was not going to be parents my guess. Decide to take their toddler. I'm going to say he's like six to a music festival, like a like a big kind of Coachella type thing, and the, only the heart of a child would be inspired to do what this kid decides to do. Check it out. I changed my mind. He's like four. He's walking around hugging everybody. When he was told he had to leave the music festival, he decided he wanted to say goodbye to everyone. And he walks to every single attendee. And um, we're, you know, thousands of people. And he hugs every single stranger goodbye. Hugs them. Bye. Hey, dude. Oh, hey. Hey, miss. Come here. Look how he makes his way through the crowd. Wow. You later. Okay, bye. Can I have a hug? <laughs> I have to go now. Enjoy yourselves. Cool. How sweet is that little kid? And it's the cutest kid ever. But don't you think it's a little young at four years old to be taking ecstasy? <laughs> well, yeah. No. The, the guy you with know, the dog honestly, because got a hold of him. Because because if I'm hugging everybody at a festival, it's ecstasy. I mean, that's just or or you're or you're a really sweet kid. That or also. both. If that was an adult, I would be like, oh, for sure. Like, <laughs> no, I'm just so much ecstasy. ecstasy. <laughs> All right, your parents are like, okay, you said goodbye enough. Let's go, Seriously, man. you've said goodbye. To, you've hugged enough people. He's like, nope, nope, no. Nope. I got to make my way over here. Never met you either. Oh, come here, little girl. She wants to hug him. Look, Look at, at that. that. Come on. That doesn't make you feel better about your day, then I don't know what's going on. That certainly does. Wow, that's fantastic. That is a great story. I love that little kid. Uh, if you like this uh, podcast, subscribe to it. We can always use subscriptions and uh, let other people know about it, your friends that you think, because we all need great news. We all need that input into our lives to sort of balance out all of the shit. Life is tough. Life sucks sometimes. And it's, it's really true. important. It's really important to have some balance. And this is one way to get it. You can get it any other number of ways, but subscribe if you like it and tell your friends about it. I like to say that life's going to kick you in the balls. Great news right. is your cup to put on. It's your cup. Oh, so before you get kicked. You, you, but you, watch. you watch some great news, you listen to some great news, and it's like putting on a jock supporter with a nice cup, like a metal listen, one. Listen, we'll work on that. We're just workshopping at this point. We don't know for sure if that's going to stick. Fair enough. But we're, we're working on it. But we, you get the idea. Little balance. Little balance. That's all. How about a little outro? Outro. You know what I'm talking about, bro. Say hello to the happy goodbye to the blues. Kevin and Mike just gave you all the great news.